Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot, oh my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker, and it is May 17, 2023. And right off the bat, I want to let everybody know that our guest, Michelle Welch, is not going to be joining us tonight. And apparently she had a family emergency, so she is not available However, we have a real treat for you because we have our very favorite guest in the entire world with us tonight. And so you are going to hear some of the latest and greatest on abductions, UFO disclosure, and what the government does to abductees. And our guest tonight is Robert Luca, and we are so thrilled to have him with us he just decided he was available which was good because pk and i wanted a hot date for tonight and now we have one with robert (laughs) (laughs) we are so happy and we are happy to share this date with you because there's nobody better than robert luca when it comes to the ufo experience he knows more than just about anyone other than the people that won't tell you what they know so, anyways, we're going to produce a great show for you tonight. And first, PK, we're going to check in with you and see what's going on. What do the numbers have for us? Well, you know, I was thinking about things today. This is a seven years, so it's all about faith and learning. And we, we're all having to face it. Every time we turn around, there's one. And it's about secrets as well. And God knows we've been getting a lot of those in the news. But it's a three-month. Yeah. And it deals with creativity and communications of all sorts. And by gosh, as we're watching the news, we're getting all kinds of stuff thrown at us. Some of it's even true. The majority of it's BS. We'll just put it that way. But this is a universal day that deals with our sensitive side. So I was thinking, you know, how does it affect everybody? So the thing is, you win or you learn. Okay? So the real test Mm -hmm. is being kind to unkind people. You learn a lot from them what not to do when you're meeting people like that. And if you can't convince them, confuse them. Because if you tell them the truth, they get so confused they don't know which end is up. 
Sometimes you're feeling <laughs> sad, sometimes for no reason. It's completely normal. We're all going to not feel perky and upbeat every day. So make the best of what we've got going on because it is that seven year. We have to rethink, redo, review. We're doing a lot of that. But sometimes behavior of others is the answers we need. Nobody cares about what you fake in your life or social media or the stuff that's going on because we're looking at it all as if it's coming across, shall we say, a bit tainted, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So the progress yes. does not need to be seen in any other way but to value what you see in others, what you know is your truth. That's the most important thing. So we're constantly learning every day what to keep, what to let go of. And most of what we hear these days, if we're listening to it through the news, is not really news. It's fake garbage, period. Right. But outside of that, we've got a good faith in ourselves, know who we are, trust who we are in those around us that we know. Other than that, just let the rest of us slide, like, what is it, water off a duck's back? I think we can handle yeah. that one. Oh, gosh. Well, that's good advice. Thank you for that. It always sets us up for a powerful week ahead. And, yeah, it's crazy what's going on in the news. And so it is no, important to sure. separate it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I did want to answer a couple questions that came in about Dr. Weber's laser technology, the endoband and the Spectra and the Spectra Plus. Now, some people wanted to know, uh, because the endoband light is the is actually the newest one, and it's the most powerful one. It's seven times more powerful than the Spectra Plus. But some people were interested in the Spectra Plus, and the Spectra wanted to know if those two are still available, and yes, they are. So if you prefer the Spectra or the Spectra Plus over the Endolite, that's fine. Uh, you can purchase either one of those instead. I have the Spectra Plus and the Endolite, and they're both fantastic. I like the Spectra Plus, I'll tell everybody, because it comes with attachments. So you can actually treat any pain that you have with a laser pad that it comes with. It just plugs into the watch. And then it also has nose pieces and ear pieces to treat ears and nose. And actually, when you put it in your nose, it treats your brain. So it's a very, very nice setup. And with the Endolite, you don't get those attachments. So that's why I've been getting these questions about the Spectra and Spectra Plus. But feel free to take a look at those as well. And remember that when you go to our homepage, SupernaturalGirls.com, and you click on the link, you will be brought right to the Weber page, and you can purchase and get a discount there. Just use Supernatural Girls as the code, and you'll get approximately $100 off $100, and however that uh, translates into euros. So very much worth the investment. <clears throat> I've had my Spectra Plus for over five years and uh, the Endolite is working great as well. Very, very powerful treatment. I do it twice a day, and it's just fantastic. So anyhow, let's get to our fabulous guest, Robert yes. Lucas. Now, he, he hails from the Andreasen Affair, where his wife, Betty, was written about in great detail 
and has, I think, and I think many would agree with me, the most highly documented abduction ever in the world. And the Andreasen Affair became a bestseller back in 1980. And there is another book that was written by Betty and her husband, Bob, called The Lifting of the Veil. Now, I want to tell you, both of those books are available today on Amazon. And The Andreasen Affair is also available in an audiobook. So if you don't like to read, you can get the audiobook and that's another way to get familiar with all of this material. It is, it's incredible. I mean, it's a personal story, but it's a universal theme and gives a tremendous amount of information about Betty's abduction. So Bob is also an expert in what the government likes to do to abductees, and Bob has been on the show a couple of times talking in great detail mm-hmm. about what happened right before the Andreasen Affair came out in 1980. Then the government or the sub-government or whoever, whomever they are were on their tail and have remained there for many, many years. But I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to bring our guest on the air, and he can tell you himself. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be with you two talented ladies, that's for sure. <laughs> thank you, you for joining you. <laughs> us. Yes, we love having you here. So, um, you know, we were having after, a after Go ahead. After such a great intro, I was going to hang up and leave in case I can't live yeah. up to it. <laughs> oh, we know you can handle it. And then <laughs> Yes, we do know that. No question about it. Well, what some people may not know about you is you've also had your own abduction experiences, and you've had abductions uh, by extraterrestrials with Betty. But, again, I want want to start with something that you and I uh, were talking about, and PK, we brought you into this conversation while we were off the air, and it was – the conversation started because I had seen – someone talking, who's knowledgeable, talking about why the military and the government never seem to mention abductees. They talk about the technology. They talk about how fast the Tic Tac thing was going. They talk about who saw it. But none of us have heard them talk about abductions. And yet, we all know they've been going on for many years. Now, a lot of people are returned, and there are some that are not returned. And there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that happens uh, when people are taken. But there is a reason why, according to this gentleman that we saw today, that uh, the government doesn't want to talk about it. And according to him, they do not want to talk about it because they can't stop it. They have absolutely no control. And if the extraterrestrials or interdimensionals even want to take you out of your bedroom through the window, then nothing will stop that from happening. So that's one of the reasons they don't want to talk about it. I think there's more. We're going to get into that. But that's one of the big reasons this gentleman was talking about it. And he said he was very angry that the government wasn't owning up to any of this. He said they already are emasculated, the military, in some sense, because 
they don't have the best um, toys on the block anymore. The aliens do. They have a super technology, and we don't. So there are many issues going on that has basically demoted the military and our government. So it's created quite a quandary, but we're going to get into it big time. So, Bob, what do you think about all this? You've noticed this, too, that they're not talking about it. Absolutely. They should be. People should be informed. Well, as you said, the military has no power whatsoever over these people. If they want to come into your home and take you, they're going to. And, you know, there's a couple ways you can look at it. If they really seeded us here, well, then you can't say they don't have a right to do it because look what we do to animals. We tranquilize them. We tag them. They may be doing the same thing to us in some ways. And another thing that gets me a little miffed, a lot of people, well, Hollywood, government, Oh, it's terrifying. Oh, it's scary. And that's a my idea is that's a lot of bull. The yeah. if if I could be abducted again tomorrow, I would go because these are intelligent creatures. God knows how far ahead of us, and there's so much we could learn from them if we communicated. Uh, you know, some people are terrified of going to the dentist. Okay, some people are terrified right. of having surgery. It, I think a lot of this depends on the individual person. Personally, I would welcome another shot to go talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think they're that terrifying. They're a little odd to look at, uh, you know. But uh, so what? Doesn't make any difference. They, they. I don't know anybody personally that has been hurt. Um, and you get a free physical. You can't knock that, especially <laughs> today's prices. <laughs> you know. Definitely money ahead that way. <laughs> Good job. That's, that's just one of the benefits. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Absolutely. Sure. So, so why do you think the military is so silent about this? Why do you think that they are talking amongst themselves saying they're never going to talk about this? They just don't want the public to know that they are so powerless. They have mm-hmm. nothing. There's nothing at all they can do about it. And, you know, our military has always been able to say, well, we're the most powerful in the world. Yeah, they were before these guys showed up. But now they've been taken down mm-hmm. a couple notches, and uh, they're not definitely they're not going to look into talking or, or talking to the public about it. You know, uh, they don't want to admit it. And yeah, exactly. Who knows? Who knows how many more abductions is going to be, and who knows how many groups are. I, I hate when I hear people say they're uh, 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 they know the agendas of the aliens. I don't care who it is; they don't know the agenda because there's many groups of them. Yes, nobody knows the agenda of all the different groups. So I would never I agree get up with and you. say yeah. that. No. Right. It's, it seems to be much more individuated than what some people are promoting. Mm-hmm. And all this talk about, you know, the Galactic Federation, I don't even I don't even know what the heck that they're talking about. It just doesn't feel to me uh like a grounded experience of what's really happening. And I know for certain that you are the real deal. I know Betty was also. 
both of you extremely honest and, and willing to share your experiences. Now, off air, also we were talking about a couple of times that you and Betty were abducted, and one time when mm-hmm. Betty actually encountered the ETs right in your, your trailer, and I believe it was Higginham. Was that Higginham at the time? That's correct. That was a campground we were staying at at the time, and the being appeared in the trailer, and <clears throat> he took out something out of a little pouch he had, and he threw it in the air, and it was like all little sparkles in the air, and Betty asked him what that was for. He said, because there are too many ears, too many listening. So mm. apparently somebody had the trailer under surveillance at all times, mm. just like they had our house under surveillance 24-7. Um, yeah, but you get for years. <laughs> and, you know, what's funny, one time we left in the middle of the night to go to Florida, and they lost track of us. And the FBI showed up at my job, wanted to know where I was, and nobody could tell them because I didn't tell anybody where I was going. And then we got back. Oh, yeah. We had to go to, uh, when we got back, we went to the federal building in New Haven, Connecticut, and got a hold of an agent and said, well, here we are. What do you want? And they said, well, Mm -hmm. we we can either confirm or deny that someone uh, was at your work. Well, I got five of my coworkers and my supervisor that said the FBI was in here looking for you with photo ID. So how much more <laughs> information do I need? <laughs> and then I, while we were there, I said, well, look, I said, why, why are you guys tapping our phone? And the agent mm-hmm. said, well, he said, we usually get blamed, but he says, in your case, it's Air Force Intelligence. Oh, so no, later boy. on, I was able to contact someone in Air Force Intelligence and I asked them, they said, oh, no, we don't do that. He says, it must be the FBI. So there's your typical government <laughs> circular yeah. logic. Yeah, pointing you know. fingers at each other. Yeah. How, how silly. Well, yeah, so I, and, and also, I, here, you guys, you guys get, like, the gold star because you went right to them. And so what are you doing at my work? What do you need me for? Here I am. And they still couldn't even come clean about anything. Well, and you guys we, offered we to a, share anything with them, and they, they didn't want to do anything above board with you. Everything had to be covert. Yeah, but you know what was interesting, what I found interesting? Betty and I decided we're not going to be intimidated. In fact, we're going to go the other way. We had the administrator of NASA walk out and hide on us, okay, I, when I called the CIA and told them I was doing a book and I wanted to interview them, they turned me down cold. They don't like it when they put shoes on the other foot. They sure don't. Uh, the uh, F, uh, Federal Aviation Administration, the guy came down that I talked to, knew, told me it sounded like a CIA operation. That was on a, on a weekend. And I called back there on Monday or Tuesday, and he'd been transferred I said, Where's, well, where is he? Oh, we don't know. He's been transferred. Uh, same thing happened with a state trooper. when so, Somebody broke into one of our residents. Now, there was computers, because I was repairing computers then. There was firearms. Uh, there was jewelry. All they took was two drawings of the inside of the craft that Betty had done. Okay. So I explained that to the state trooper. I told him we were heavily involved in the UFO phenomena. 
And I said, I think it was probably some government agency. Mm -hmm. Well, he was kind of a young trooper. He said, well, no problem. He said, if I find out anything, he says, I will tell you. So I'm thinking, boy, great. We got a, a guy here that's pretty straight. About a week later, I go down to the trooper's office, and I ask for him. And the trooper that was there said, oh, he's been transferred. I said, wow. Where's he been transferred to? Oh, we don't know. He was just transferred a couple days ago. And, you know, that happened continuously. Anytime I got a a hook on somebody that might have an answer, Mm -hmm. uh, they disappear. You know, but they didn't like it. We had... uh, we're supposed to talk to the administrator of NASA and we were at the guard desk and the guard called down to the office and said, yes, he's in, he can see you. Now it was a long walk from the guard desk to the office at the big, you know, it's a huge place. When we got there, we were met by a secretary that was looked a little nervous and she, Oh, he's not here now. Well, what the hell? He was there like 10 to 15 minutes ago when we were at the guard desk. Why yeah. They were actually afraid of us. Yeah. And I found that unbelievable. But, you know, I had questions that they didn't want to answer, apparently. So Yes, apparently so. And then, you guys, you know what the CIA, what the CIA did to Betty and I in our home in Cheshire. Yes, tell the audience about that. It is so troubling right. on so many levels. Well, Please tell everybody what happened. There was a friend of mine that was, he was pretty well up there. He was a, an advisor to the White House. And one day he stopped by the house and he called me outside. He wouldn't come in the house. And he's waving me out. And I'm saying, what the heck's wrong? So I come out in the, in the yard. He says, Bob, he says, last week, he says, I was at a CIA meeting and he says, you guys need to be careful. He says, they're talking about you. He said, just be careful. <sighs> okay. Well, it wasn't a week or two weeks later, Betty and I are in bed at home in Cheshire. And I heard, I could have sworn, I heard a male voice in the kitchen or the front of the house. And <clears throat> I looked at our dog. We had a 110-pound shepherd. And he tried to get up. And his front legs just went out from under him, and he fell with his face flat on the floor. So I said, oh, somebody must be in here. So I, I went to grab my thirty eight out of my nightstand, and that's the last thing I remember. I woke up in the morning with a wicked headache. Betty had a wicked headache. She went to work. I went to work, and she came home, and she said, oh, she said, my left arm has been hurting me all day. And I said, well, that's kind of strange i says my right arm's been hurting me all day so we took our shirts off and her left arm and my right arm both had approximately an inch and a quarter diameter black and white tan mark with a definite puncture right in the center Mm. so they had drugged us now i don't know if they were looking for something that we might have had or if they were trying to question us under some kind of drug um, I, I don't know what the reason was, but I, I don't have proof that that was a CIA, but since it happened so shortly after I was told that they were watching us and be careful, um, I don't think the FBI does those kind of, uh, operations. 
So it, it probably was the CIA. And, you know, in addition to that, you know, they tapped our telephone. They followed us with cars. We had a gazillion black helicopters everywhere we went. Um, the Department of, in fact, the Navy uh, Space Weapons Division hacked my computer. And 48 hours later, the Army hacked my computer. But the dummies didn't realize I worked as a computer technician, and I got all the information on their computers. So I filed a... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I filed a complaint, and I said, look, I got the physical street address of your computers, your computer numbers, the network numbers, the operators' names. I said, why are you guys hacking my computer? And uh, they replied, it was the inspector general that I wrote to. And he wrote back, he, they admitted, and I have it on paper. He said, yes, he said, those are our computers, and, you know, we will do an investigation. Yeah, I'm still waiting for that investigation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I wasn't holding my breath waiting for it. I was going to say you wouldn't exactly. And then I got mad because they didn't do anything. So I wrote the United States Attorney General's office, and he said that comes under the jurisdiction of the FBI. Okay, oh, back to that. So I asked mm-hmm. the FBI to do a criminal investigation. They hemmed and hawed, and for I, I wrote them so many times that they stopped. Uh, certified mail would be returned to me unopened. <laughs> That's how much I was bugging them. And uh, they, to make a long story short, they never did anything. They weren't going to investigate. They didn't intend to do any investigation. So I tried our, our state senator, and uh, he said, oh, yeah, I'll be glad to help you. Oh, yeah, he was, except he got the same answer that I got. So... Uh, nobody, you know, who's going to go up against the, the Department of Defense? I mean, really, you know. Well, and look FBI... at how we're now we're now seeing how terribly corrupt all of them are. I mean, the oh, FBI absolutely. shamed itself so exactly. badly, and I mean, you know, the CIA is worse. So yeah, look at all this, the DOJ, and look at. I mean, I don't even want to get into the politics of all of this, but they have weaponized the Biden administration and whoever's running the Biden administration has weaponized all of these agencies. They're useless. Well, In fact, they're against us now. Oh, yeah. Whoever's running the Biden administration is not Biden, that's for sure. Yeah, we know that. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And it's, but, it's you know, the thing is it's so sad because it's the same treatment. I mean, now everybody's getting this horrible treatment, but Abductees have gotten this treatment for many, many years, you know, made to look incompetent or like they're making stories up and Mm -hmm. just just making them look um, terrible in the public eye so that nobody would believe their their experience. Well, I know. If you look at exactly everything they did to Betty and I, the IRS harassed us with tax audits. We were overflown by the helicopters, and I was told that was to intimidate us so they wouldn't have to hurt me. Um, Mm. We had someone stationed outside of our house in a platform in a tree watching the house. We were followed by cars that had plates that were unissued because I got several times I was able to get the plates and give them to Officer Larry Fawcett. We were treated worse than the Mafia. They didn't do that much yeah. to the mafia when they were after yeah. them. Yeah, 
It's ridiculous. And, you know, we none of, Betty don't, doesn't have any kind of record, and neither do I. Uh, yeah, there was no reason for this other than they wanted to find out everything you had been through. But as you had said before, you offered to give them information, sit down with them any time they wanted. But they're such right. nasty, nasty people and such a nasty group, they never wanted anything to be overt. Everything had to be no. undercover. And so, and I do still think, Bob, that one of the reasons you guys were under the microscope so much is because Betty was an incredible artist. And Absolutely. she was able to draw and paint all of what she saw in great detail, from the beings and their uniforms to the spaceships themselves. And I think that's the main driving force to that's why. That's why they sold the two documents from our, from our house. That's all they took was two drawings she made of the lower section of the craft, which is where the propulsion system was. Yeah, that's so what they wanted. I'm sure they were very interested in that. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And it's not. Uh, it wasn't just you guys, because as you know, your friends and relatives were also watched and under surveillance. So it was like anybody that came close to you was treated uh, in a similar manner, not to the the same degree that you guys were well, under surveillance, it, but it was similar. If you remember, you and Larry uh, Fawcett both had the black helicopters over your homes after you got involved with us. Oh, yeah, it was three days after I met you that the black helicopters were over my house in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, and they were flying at 3 o'clock in the morning so low that it was bent, the, the wash from the helicopters was bending these enormous trees, bending them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it yeah, was Yeah, Larry, Larry Fawcett had the same thing. Yes. Um, once he got involved. And, you know, I was so glad that Larry got involved in our case because Ray Fowler had called him and he said, you know, I'm in Massachusetts. He said, I can't get down there for all the sessions and whatnot. And Larry said, okay, I'll do it. He says, but uh, I think it's a hoax. He says, and if it's a hoax, I'm going to expose it. So Ray said, well, go ahead. Well, Larry tried and tried and he would call and question us all times of the day and night and he'd come to the house <laughs> and it, it, he invited us because he was trained in criminology. And he'd invite us to his house, and then after a couple of years, he he just gave up. He says, "I he says I can't find any indication of hoax." He says, "That's you know, <laughs> I quit." But uh, yeah, you know, we we didn't. Everything that we have put out is absolutely what happened. And a lot of people today will say, "Well, uh, if if I happen to mention something, they'll say, well, you know, memories fade. How do you know that? How do I know that? Because it was documented at the time. So right. that." You know, type doesn't fade. The memories do, absolutely. No. But uh, no. and, and another thing that they said that people, uh, you know, the government's trying to scare us with all oh, an alien invasion and all. And one of Ron Braun said years ago that there will be an alien invasion, but it will be a fake put on by the government with using technology that they have. And, yes. you know, he was the foremost rocket scientist we had. He's the guy that got us to the moon. Mm-hmm. So he was in a position to know. And it, it, some of the guys that are out there today, 
in government saying that, oh, we don't know exactly what's going on. That is such a load of horse manure. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, Ben Ben Rich? He was the CEO of Lockheed Skunk Works. Yes. Before he died, before he died, he came clean, and it's in it's in print. He said there are two types of UFOs out there, the ones we build and the ones they build. That was one statement he made. Then he made another statement. He said, if you can imagine it today, we can do it. He said, but it's so, this technology is so tied up in black projects that it will take an act of God to get it out to the people. Now, I know that technology is being suppressed, and I know that firsthand because of what happened uh, when I worked in Florida. I worked uh, for a company called Energy Partners, and I was a excuse me, I was a hydrogen fuel cell research technician, and the company had developed a unit for your home that made heat, hot water, and electricity, and zero pollution. It was about the size of a refrigerator, had no moving parts, just one filter that you had to change once a year. And the prototypes had been tested, retested, tested again, and we were getting ready to buy a factory to start producing them. This would be a great boon for people because you wouldn't have to be hooked up to the grid and you wouldn't lose power during storms and stuff like that. And, of course, you wouldn't have to buy any oil for your furnace. Well, boom, along comes ExxonMobil, and they take a little tour of the place and whatnot, and uh, I don't know what went on in the front office because I wasn't up there. But less than a month later, we all, all employees were told to go to the Ramada Inn, <laughs> and uh, we went to the Ramada Inn thinking, oh, boy, we're going to get a factory, we're going to start producing these. We were met by attorneys from ExxonMobil, and we all got fired. And we had to sign non-disclosure agreements. So that technology, they they bought the thing up. They're sitting on it, and it is not available to the public. There's also over 5,000 patents on energy-efficient devices that have been classified. So we, the public, cannot have access to them. And that's all for the benefit of the oil companies and the electric companies. And that's why I said on my Facebook page, okay, I brought this mm-hmm. up. I said, look, supposing that some friendly aliens shared a little technology with us, we might have a small energy-efficient unit in our home that could power our home and we wouldn't need the grid. We could right. have a smaller right. unit. That, right. We could have a smaller unit that would power our cars. We wouldn't need batteries or gasoline. be perfectly clean. And I'm sure that these guys from cases that I know of have some advanced healing methods they could share with us. So we probably wouldn't need Big Pharma either. So all these these companies where the trillions of dollars come in, these are the folks that control and manipulate governments, people, whatever, they would be at a great loss, and I think that's the real reason where we're not allowed to get this technology. Just my personal opinion. We I think agree. It's, I agree with you. I agree also. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We are. It, 
Go ahead. Well, I'm just going to say, we, you know, it took me a long time before I grew up and realized, holy crap, we're slaves in this society. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not a free person really in this society. You're you're working for the oil company, the electric company, big pharma, and look at some of the ridiculous prices that that uh, they have. I told you when I when I got that when I came down with uh, the prostate cancer. The drug they put me on was like five thousand five hundred dollars a month. Okay, so how much money do these people make? You know, it, yeah. it, it, it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. Yes. Yeah, it, it is. is disgusting. It absolutely yeah. is a sad state of affairs with everything today. But you bring up well, so many world, valuable points about this. Yeah. The world is, is totally screwed up today. And the beings made one thing very clear. They said man is advancing too rapidly with technology and too slowly spiritually. They said mm-hmm. love is the answer. And they made that very clear, very clear on more than one occasion. But you don't see love today. You see people that are would cut each other's throat to get who knows, one other guy's job or a better pay or uh, I don't know, more weird. followers. Are, yeah, <laughs> more followers are crazy. on TikTok. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but, but, let me ask you a question, though, because you mentioned an abduction experience uh-huh. and, and that you had with Betty. When they right. took you up right to the roof of the house, tell us about that. What happened? Well, it was bedtime. Betty was in the uh, the master bedroom, had a bathroom right off a, a bedroom. Betty was in the bathroom brushing her teeth. I was sitting on the bed. I was just pulling my socks off. And we heard this like a woo, woo, woo over the house. So I got up quick and I ran over to the, the bathroom door and I put my arms up on the door jam thinking something wasn't right. Well, all of a sudden, Betty heard it, and she realized what was happening. And she wrapped her arms around me, and I wrapped my arms around her, and they pulled us up into this huge—I mean, a, a gigantic craft. And Betty's color went totally out of her. She was um, like a light being, okay, like a mm-hmm. being of golden light. Without you couldn't see any features anymore, no eyes or anything like that. And she was taken to in an area to be initiated. Now, me, they took into another room, these tall, tall, white uh, robe people. They were, I don't know, I'm six foot tall, and I just about come up to their shoulders. So they were, they were pretty big guys. And yeah. pale skin, light blue, almost purplish eyes in a way, white hair. And they told me that it was a privilege for me to be there. Because at that time, I was not that advanced spiritually like Betty. And, you know, it was true. Uh, they were, believe me, I was nowhere near this, that point at that time. So, <laughs> but they did, they, they told me some things. And the, the first thing they told me is, look, they said, you do not die. The light being inside you, that is your consciousness, your spirit. I don't care what you want to call it. That does not die. It goes on, okay? 
And then they went on to explain why there is evil on earth. They said on, on this plane it is necessary. So I'm wondering, well, why is it necessary? And they said the creator has given you all free, a free choice. And they said without those two choices, you know, you wouldn't, obviously you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to make a choice. So all of us can do evil. All of us can do good. But here's the clincher. What you do here is going to matter on where you go when you leave this plane. You mm-hmm. may come back and do something over 100 times till you get it right. Or you may be advanced and go on spiritually to other planes, other dimensions, things like that. So that's uh, not exactly heaven and hell, but that's what they said. They said if you if you mm-hmm. live a good life and all that, uh, you will advance and you won't have to come back to earth. You go to better places. So I thought that was kind of interesting as far as explaining why we needed evil. And they also said that we'd be surprised to know the value of animals. Uh, Like if people, you know, there's some stupid people that will harm animals intentionally, uh, and they are going to pay dearly for that. That's what they Mm, said. They are going to be very surprised. It's going to be very harsh punishment for uh, people that do things like that. Um, you know, and they went on about some other things, but I, I don't have that in front of me right now, so I don't want to misquote any of what they said. But the thing about mm-hmm. dying, I remember so clearly because he, he made it, he was right in my face. He says, you do not die. And I'm saying, oh, okay. And you know that from what you do, Patricia, you know that 100%. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that isn't what we think. So, yeah, exactly. But uh, So there's no... You know, if you're a decent person or a halfway decent person, there's no reason to fear death. Um, it's just like, you know, going from the kitchen into the living room. Simple as that. Exactly the right. Process. Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that hard. But uh, to a lot of people got their hell right here on earth, <laughs> and they will advance. Yeah, they do. Yes. Yeah, for, mm-hmm. for all that they go through and whatnot. But um, all, all, all in all, I think that I would prefer to see more people abducted that had more of an open mind and were willing to communicate instead of putting fear in the way and talk to these beings. And, I mean, there's got to be so much we could learn from them. Instead of saying, oh, my God, I was terrified or, or whatever. You know, everything they did to me, when I think about it, nothing nothing hurt me. You know, it, it was no way. In fact, it wasn't as bad as going to the dentist. I don't like dentists. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was no way. You know, they didn't, nothing that they did was painful. I don't know how they managed to take pain away. Well, I know with Betty, when she said she was feeling pain, they just, one of the being's little gray guys put his hand on her forehead and relieved the pain. So, uh, obviously, they're way far ahead of us when it comes to stuff like that. You're not kidding. Betty, she would... Pardon? I, I just wondered, what 
happened after Betty had her initiation and you were talked with talked to by the tall white um what happened after that when when you were returned to your house a lot of people get oh, yeah. returned somewhere else so you got returned to your house we were and we, well we were taken out of body that's why we were taken out oh, of body okay. And mm-hmm. we were, our bodies were still in the house, and we were just returned. Uh, okay. And Betty, it was funny because when it first started, Betty said she saw me, like a second me, coming out of my body from the head up, like starting to sit up. And uh-huh. I, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel I thought I, I felt quite normal. Um, but apparently I, uh, <laughs> I wasn't in my body anymore. So you- yeah, you were extracted, both of you, from your physical bodies and taken up right. that way. Did you have right. full memory of this experience when you were brought back to your bodies? No, a good part of it came out on the hypnosis. I remember hearing the noise, and I remember all of a sudden Betty wrapping her arms around me and me doing the same for her, and then all of a sudden there was a, uh, a flood of colors, and that's about where it ended. So, uh-huh. uh, okay. and another thing is that we didn't touch on, we had a lot of unusual activity, um, which I believe was related to the UFO phenomena. Mm-hmm. The, um, the doctor, Dr. Kornberg, he was a psychiatrist that initially examined Betty. And one night we were surprised. We were in Cheshire, Connecticut, and he, we get a phone call. And it was him. He was going to Colorado, and he had stopped in uh, Meriden. And he said, hey, guys, he says, uh, I'd like to come uh, to visit you and, uh, you know, have a chat with you again. So we said, sure. So about, I don't know, 6, 7 o'clock, uh, he came down to the house. We, we went to get him and then let him follow us back. Well, in the, we're, we're all sitting in a living room. And thank God, I, you couldn't ask for a better witness all of a sudden, there's a big crash in the kitchen. I mean, it sounded like oh somebody dropped spaghetti pans or something, right? Well, mm-hmm. we all went out and looked. Nothing was disturbed. Nothing at all had been moved. So he was—he didn't say anything about it. He just kept it to himself. Well, he stayed until about 5 in the morning or 5.30. Well, we went wow. out in the yard. Yeah. And we're out in the yard, and... It's just starting to get uh, light, and it's a little breezy. Well, the clouds are moving like from, uh, I think they were coming out of the west at that time. And there's one big, huge cloud, like a big cigar, over our yard, but it's the only one that isn't moving with the wind. (laughs) So I'm looking at it, and I'm looking at it, and I'm not saying anything. Finally, he says, uh... He said, did you guys notice uh, that thing up there? I said, yeah, but I wasn't going to say it until you said it first. (laughs) And then you know how Larry Fawcett was, how (laughs) he was at the house one day. We were having dinner, and in the dining room there was a a glass uh, set of shelves, an adagir, I think you call it. Well, mm-hmm. anyways, on those shelves, there was a little glass dinner bell, okay? And mm-hmm. 
the thing started ringing. Well, Larry jumps up and he runs over and he's looking at the thing because nothing else is moving. There's no vibration, and there were on, there was also on those shelves bottles of liquor, and the liquor was not disturbed at all. There's no movement at all, but just that little bell, the clapper inside was going back and forth ringing, and I think that made a believer more of a believer for Larry as far as uh, some of the stuff that was going on that was paranormal. Um, he uh, <laughs> he jumped out of his chair so fast I didn't I thought he something happened to him. But, you know, things, so many things like that happen, and, and we do have some pictures of uh, the the house on Draper Avenue. This was I I, I would challenge anybody to explain this to me one morning we got up and we came downstairs to the kitchen well we got in the kitchen and all the crown molding was on the floor from the four walls but the finishing nails the finishing nails were still in the wall and then what we had a big stainless steel spaghetti pot and you know how the pot, they're rolled at the top? Yeah. Something split that pan right down the side. And that's what is this Oh, my goodness. Yes, it and, is. And uh, um, a photographer from Massachusetts, as a matter of fact, Mark Pelequin, came down and photographed stuff. And also our glasses that were in the cabinet looked like somebody had etched them. They had white streaks in them. So, uh, again, I would like to know what kind of energy causes that yeah well, nobody's ever been able to explain that to me and you know it's just that's just one of the weird things that had happened we sold that house when we moved to cheshire and betty was shopping one day and she ran into the lady that bought the house and she asked her how they liked the house and all and the lady said well it's fine but she says you know she says, uh, one night we came home from shopping, and she says, I turned on the light in the living room, and she says, all the lights in the house went on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Betty my God. Decided, Betty decided not to question her anymore. About the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Make you take it back. When, when we were living there, the people next door had two kids who were about the same age as Bonnie and Cindy. Uh-huh. So they'd come over one day, and uh, Betty and I went out, and they were dancing and whatnot in the living room. And then the lights started going off and on, off and on, off. The, the kids that lived next door ran home. It just scared <laughs> the daylights out of them. But, I mean, bet. Put up with that oh, stuff. Each house, that happened in the uh, uh, Draper Avenue, it happened in Cheshire, it happened in Meriden. Um, oh, there was something I forgot to mention. Um when the being was in the uh, camp trailer and he sprinkled all that stuff around, well, yes. you know, I was doing technician work at that time. When I came home, I smelled something very familiar, like burnt uh, insulation on wiring. Mm. So I said, what the heck is that? Yeah. Well, I got to looking into it on Saturday when I didn't work, and our water pump uh, there was a switch on the wall for the water pump, and it was taped in the off position because we were using the campground's water. Well, that pump actually burned, and so did the wires going up to the switch. 
Now, I don't know how that could have happened, but um, you know, it's just one of those one of those weird things that uh, when the beings show up, things happen. And also, we had two electrical engineers come up because there was big oak trees over the camp, the camper where it was, and the leaves all turned brown on the top only. They were green on the bottom, but brown on the top. That's so weird. That is that's odd. Another, yes. that's, yeah, that's another head scratcher. And then yeah. I'll get into one more in Florida. It involves the men in black. <clears throat> we had driven, usually I drove from Connecticut to Florida nonstop to Pompano Beach. Well, this time we hit construction, we hit accidents, and oh, my God, I was on the road for hours and hours. We got as far as Lake Worth. And I said, no, I said, I'm just beat. I said, we're going to pull into the campground that I knew was at Lake Worth. And I said, then we'll get up in the morning, get a shower, you know, get a fresh start. Well, I pulled into the campground, and I went inside, and the the, uh, person at the desk was talking to one of the residents, and they were talking about a UFO sighting the night before. Hmm. So this time I didn't say anything because I was just so tired I didn't want to (laughs) know. So Betty and I pulled the car into a lot, and down there everything's in a grid. The car was facing north and south, and the other roads ran east and west. Now, when I parked the car, the compass said north, and the clock had the clock had a time on it, which was corresponded with what the radio said. So I know the clock was right. We parked there, and during the night. I heard a car park behind us, and I thought, probably somebody trying to beat the campground out of a few bucks. It was a black Cadillac and uh, with four-door with New York plates. Well, I had to use the restroom, so this must have been, I don't know, maybe around 2 o'clock in the morning. I go to the restroom, I come back, and I'm walking on the left side of this Cadillac, all of a sudden, all four doors opened exactly at the same time. I mean, it sounded like one door opening. And these four guys get out. And they're all real skinny. They're Asian looking. They got on black suits, white shirt, black tie, and little, uh, I forget what the name of the hats, but the rimmed hats. And I said, well, holy crap, that's men in black. And as I'm walking by the car, they're staring at me. So I'm just staring at them. But I'm thinking, these guys are so skinny. It looked like the, a good wind to take them away. So I didn't have any fear of them. But as I walked past them, they got back in the car, but they did it like kids playing musical chairs. The, the yeah. two on the driver's side walked around to the passenger side, and the ones on the passenger side walked to the driver's side, and they shut the door exactly like one. Weird. They never did anything to me. They never threatened me. They never said a word to me. Uh, I don't know what the purpose was of the visit. Unless... And when, uh, you, when you got up in the morning, ahead. they were gone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I, like I said, at first, I thought it was just somebody that wanted to beat the campground out of a few bucks, but... These guys were no ordinary, uh, you know, they were, I don't know what they were, but they weren't human. 
That's yeah. absolutely That's, certain. Yeah, they were like so, a one mind. That's hive mind behavior. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's another thing. Jeez. That night when we parked the car there, like I said, it was facing north and south. Betty and I are sitting there talking before we put, it was a hatchback, so we could put the seats down and make a fairly comfortable bed. All of a sudden, we saw this thing about the size of a grapefruit, and it looked like a disco ball just sparkling. It came right through the driver's door, passed across in front of Betty and I, and out the other door. Okay? And I asked, I said, did you see that? And she said, yeah. So I said, well, we're not hallucinating. Didn't think too much of it. But in the morning, when we woke up, the compass now said, we were headed almost east, and oh the goodness. clock. Oh yeah, and the clock, uh, and the car was twenty minutes fast where it had been even with the radio station the night before. So I couldn't get an investigator. So all I did could do I took a compass and I walked around the car, and the compass is attracted to the metal car, so it would point at the car. But when I got to the place where that. Uh, little disco ball came through, the compass would spin right around away from it, even when I was much, as much as five feet away from the car. So something happened. I talked to electrical engineers, and they said it's some kind of uh, uh, EMP or, or magnetic pulse, but uh, I, I couldn't get a hold of an investigator or anybody. I wanted to have the car examined, but I couldn't get anybody to do it. Oh, so, what a shame. Yeah. That's a, a good bummer, thought, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know... If they did anything to Betty and I, because uh, they were there while we were sleeping, um, yeah. But they couldn't, you know, the doors were locked. But that doesn't make any difference with <laughs> in a situation <laughs> yeah. like that. That's right. for sure. Well, but, and so. you and Betty were uh, blessed with having really positive experiences overall with these things oh, yeah. throughout your multiple mm-hmm. experiences. Which is great, you know, which is great because you were able to retrieve a lot of that information and bring it to the world, not just, you know, the government stealing it from you at all hours yeah. of the day and night yeah. through whatever I, strange electronic you, means I, they wanted to use. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, I would be so, so pleased if they would come back and take me again. Uh, I would yeah. love the opportunity because... You know, now I'd, I'd feel comfortable with them, and I have probably several thousand questions to start with. But uh, <laughs> no. I would, I would really, actually love it if uh, it would come back. So there's open invitation, guys. Yeah, go find out. Well, you were told though. You were told from the you're sitting that you would have yes. another experience. So I'm, I know I can't I wait. Know that they're right. I'm I'm yeah. ready. I make sure I'm, yeah, I'm showered and dressed every night just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got your nice PJs on. You're all set. Yeah. yeah. Well, I bet you could say that you're more afraid of the government than you are of the ETs at this point because of oh, what they do. Oh, I don't do. trust the government as far as I could kick a battleship. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't even... Patricia, I don't even know if we have what you could call a government anymore. No, I don't think we Good do. Point. You're right. Good point. I don't know what we have. Yeah. I think it's, it's more like a cool we... moron. they got nothing better to do. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not a good thing what's going on. That's for sure. And and but even back then, I have to say, I'll just share my experience with knowing you guys. Yes, the black helicopters are over my house in Rocky Hill, Connecticut, um, three days after I met you. But uh, along with that, there was a time that I went out to dinner with you guys, and I came mm-hmm. home, and at that time I had a big white dog named Angel. And went to sleep in the bedroom, and I had an alarm on the house, and it never went off. But I went to bed, it was probably about 10, 30, 11, after we had a wonderful dinner. And I woke up the next day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Yep. Now, some people go may say, well, maybe you're really tired, you know, you were drinking. No, I wasn't drinking, that's for sure, because I was, was driving. But... That's right. The thing is, my dog also got up at three o'clock in the afternoon. There's yeah. the telling somebody point did. right there. Somebody did a number so, on you. Somebody did. Either they injected, you know, some type of gas into the house or whatever. But I you know, that bothers me to this day. It's such an invasion. And here I oh, am yes. again. No I didn't do anything wrong. I just happened to be friends with you guys and yet I was targeted, and then when you and Betty um, were staying over for a few weeks or a couple of months, I forget what it was, way back then, yeah. um, the again, the alarm was set, alarm was on, you guys were in your guest, the guest room, I was in the master room, and we had uh, rescued a coonhound, and his name was Homer, and yeah, he was remember. downstairs, remember? And yep. Angel was upstairs. And what happened was I hear the sliding glass door open underneath the master bedroom. And I hear footsteps, and I hear Homer following somebody barking at them from one end of the house to the other. They left through the garage door, and no alarm went off. The alarm never went off. Mm-hmm. And you guys well, thought it was me, and I thought it was you guys. So yeah, exactly. to find out it wasn't either one of oh, us, right. and yet again, here they were, you know, invading our privacy for, you know, whatever their reasons were. I think they were probably placing bugs or whatever in the house. But it right. was, it's, again, even back then, we're talking over 35 years ago, that they were up to these uh, shenanigans. And with no legal legal basis. No, they have they they have no legal right to do that. But you know what happens? Like that reporter told us, because we had contact with the UFO, we could be considered a threat to national security. You know, <laughs> where so they come up with this them. stuff? Jesus. Once they say you're a threat to national security, they can do anything they want to you, and mm-hmm. you know, there's no nothing that uh, can be done about it. Yeah, there's no you know, recourse. But that's. So wrong because again, so many times you and Betty offered your time and energy to sit down with them and share anything that they had that you had, and they never yeah. wanted to take you up on it. Never. Nope. So very, very concerning to me that even back then we were having these uh, these troublesome experiences with our supposed oh, yeah. government. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> but. These guys just do whatever they, I don't know, maybe they have to justify their pay or something and do these things, but it's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. 
the like the helicopter flies. Back then, it cost 500 bucks an hour to fly those Hueys, and they were over the house several times a week. I mean, I don't know how much they spent, but they could have given us the money, and we could have told them what they wanted to know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, really? More to the point. <laughs> now you met Jay Allen Hynek, and cause yeah, you guys used yes, to go we did. and he, speaking he to gave us a, He gave Betty a warning. Um, we were doing a lecture at MIT, and during a break, he rushed over to Betty. Didn't even say hello. He said, "Look," he says, uh, "Stick to philosophy. Leave the military out of this," because the military was getting irritated. Uh, I was filing a lot of claims, and I was accusing them, and I was accusing the FBI, and uh, I, I guess we were making waves, and they didn't like it, because we also we were doing a lecture in Phoenix, and a guy came over to me at a break in the lecture, and he was, I think he was military intelligence. I mean, he was like mid-30s, buzz-cut hair, uh, shirt buttoned down exactly the center with matching his uh, belt buckle nicely creased pants, shiny black shoes. I mean, when he was approaching me, I'm saying to myself, oh, this guy's military or something. And he said, (laughs) this exact words to me. He said, look, he says, we're only sending the helicopter so we don't have to hurt you. I said, okay, thank you. You know, (laughs) and then the last one, that he went out to go to work one morning, and she come rushing back in. She says, you got to see this. Somebody put in the back of her car a big, like a gallon pickle jar with a big yeah. chunk of dead rotted meat in it. Oh. I said, well, oh, yeah. I said, that looks like a threat to me. But they never did anything. You know, yeah. they well, tried to They drugged you. They, yeah, they intimidated yeah. with the black helicopters. They drugged you. Mm-hmm. They were always following you wherever you went. And, oh, yeah. You know, those, again, it was all meant to intimidate you. And but it didn't work. It's just so wrong. And yeah, it didn't. And it's so wrong, anyways, what they were doing, what they were up to. No reason yeah, for it absolutely. at all. Yeah. Oh, my well, goodness. That, but now, that, you know, there's so many more people that have experiences to share, but you're not going to hear any about, anything about it from the government or the military. Yeah. Not one that, word. Nope. Nope. That's for, for sure. sure. They don't want it. They don't want people to realize it because... It knocks them down a couple of pegs when they have to admit they don't have the power or authority or ability. And it raises, yes, and it raises questions about Eisenhower signing a contract allowing this to happen with abductions. Yeah. And that's another thing. It's like, did they sell us out and say, go ahead and take X amount of people, but please, please return them. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would doubt. I would doubt for technology. I think they would sell sell us out in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, no they doubt, have. no yeah. doubt, in my mind. Yeah, they, they have. have Absolutely. You know, yes. I mean, how many of us are worth an anti gravity unit? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, or where do you think those fancy new lasers came from that they're putting on our F thirty fives now? Good question. Yes. Yes, yeah. all great questions. And, again, it's, it's you know, we're, we're all on a path here of our own choosing. However, we really have to be careful. And as PK, you mentioned at the beginning of the show, 
really be willing to sort it out and know that whatever you hear in mainstream media is more than likely a lie. And you have to really go inside and find the truth for yourself Mm -hmm. because they're not going to tell you. They are not going to tell you. You're not learning anything from the media today. No, and especially about disclosure. Because so many times we've had people on the show that either have connections in the military or are in the military, and they've said that the military will never, ever tell us the truth, ever, about this stuff. Yep. So we all know that that is the truth. We've heard it enough times, and we certainly see that Mm -hmm. when they – they just dribble out these little pieces about sightings well, they, and things like that, but nothing more. Yeah. And they never mention anything about the military abductions either. Um, there's one woman that was in the Air Force, and she was abducted and made to think that it was an alien abduction. But uh-huh. what messed it up was during the abduction, she was raped by one of the airmen. Uh. And yeah, God. and Magic. that blew it wide open that it was not an alien. So wow. I don't know what they mm-hmm. had uh, for her, but I guess with the technology we have today, they can make it look pretty impressive. Um, oh, God, I've, yes. I, I saw a, uh, in an auditorium, I saw the make a hologram where the auditorium looked like it was flooded and a whale actually mm-hmm. jumped out of the water and flipped oh. over like they do. And it yes. looked wow. so real. It looked so real, Patricia, you wouldn't believe it. Well, so, that, that does sound that's like... A technology, that's a technology they're going to use to pull off the fake invasion if uh, right. if they Project finally Blue go Beam. ahead Blue with Beam. it. I think it's called Project Bluebeam <laughs> or something like that. Yes. It is, yes. And, again, it was predicted. Werner von Braun said it was the last card they play against us. And yep. it looks like we have a question yep. from somebody here. So let me pull them on the air and see what they have to ask. Hi, you're live on the air. Who's this? Hello? Well, I guess they're not live on the air. (laughs) Must be be very shy. That must be. It must be very shy. That's so funny. They're gone. Okay. We did have somebody had a question. Their hand up. That's what it looks like on the radio board. It's very cute. This little hand goes up. So, anyways, um, Bob, you're such a delight, and, you know, you're so knowledgeable about everything. And PK and I love having you on because you have experienced this. You have experienced Definitely. it firsthand. You lived Whoa. it for for so many years. You have dealt with this stuff, and you know what you're talking about. But I never asked for it. Remember that. It wasn't voluntary. <laughs> well, you have to wonder, what was it you did earlier that made you the prime target? <laughs> you know, right. after a while, I mean, you go along with it because, duh, you're already there. But <laughs> if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have wanted to put up with all the stuff that I told Betty one day, she got mad. I said, you know, if I knew how much baggage came with you, I said, I probably wouldn't have married you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she got all irritated with me. I, bet I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely uh, payback to hell, Bob. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, we had we had Betty and I had a real good life together, and uh, I she was the biggest blessing that ever came along in my life. She really was. That's wonderful. Yeah. That is so yeah. That was amazing. Oh. There was nobody like her. Nobody like her. No. She was. No. And now, now that I'm living, a, I'm living alone and all by myself. I ask yeah. myself now and then, how the hell could she live with me? <laughs> 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 so I guess she, she was. She was just a good, good person, Betty. And you know, oh, she changed my yeah. life totally. Absolutely. She did totally. Mm-hmm. When I, when I met her, I was drinking too much. I was still racing cars on the street. I was dating 18 to 23-year-old women. I was dating married women. And she, uh, once I saw how Betty was, I couldn't believe it. She was so honest and so so pure, actually. Yes. Changed my yes. entire life. I could never do this stuff. In fact, today I'm sorry for a lot of the stuff that I did do um, when yeah. I was younger. Yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't think about people that I might have hurt and stuff like that along the way, um, you know. Uh, but I can't. Other than be sorry for it, I can't do anything else now. So <laughs> that's just where we stand. <laughs> well, you're lucky <laughs> with, uh, with Betty because she was such an innocent lady. I mean, she just had this mm-hmm. innocence about her all the time and this wonder about her. She loved animals. She loved. Gardening. I mean, she was so wholesome, and yeah, yet here she had this. Yeah, she had this otherworldly experience, mm-hmm. and somehow she was able to deal with it. I mean, a lot of people would be freaked out forever. You know, have to have all kinds of support to get over sure. it. But Betty wasn't like that. She had this innocence. She had her faith. And her heart was open. She helped so many people, I think, just by being who she was. Yeah, absolutely. People wrote from all over the world, there's stacks and stacks of mail, and she would try to answer everybody that she could back. You know, she would sit yeah, down and write back. Yeah, this is before email. Yeah. 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 We had to do it the hard way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? No, she was extraordinary, extraordinary. And, you know, I have a question for you. Yeah, I have a question about that blue book. Can you tell everybody about the blue book that she was given? Well, when the abduction took place in Massachusetts, um, they left her with a blue book, and they told her that she would have it for 10 days. When you open the book... It was all white, glowing pages, but yet she could see things on it. She could see symbols and writings and machines and all that. But what happened was Becky saw it, and she put her hands on it, and it it sparkled. And that's what, at eight days, the book was gone. So what's interesting there, we did a television show with a crew from California at the actual house where that took place and we Mm -hmm. were talking to the lady that owned the house and she says oh yes she says mr fowler and another man were here and they went all through the house and they measured everything and took notes and all so i said wait a minute so i called ray he said i've never been in that house it was (gasps) government agent and Uh i asked her i said would you sign a statement to that effect for me and she said no (laughs) 
she wouldn't talk to me the rest of the time we were there. A lot of people are intimidated by the government. You know. Uh, yeah. So many Especially people in government. Think, there's so many buffoons in there today. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I, I would hope they'd put intelligent people in, but that doesn't seem to be the case. No, no. it does not. Not at all. Not. No. But, but you and Betty, you had ex- an extraordinary life together. And, I mean, the the spiritual growth that you both underwent was was really astounding because of oh, your absolutely. connection. You know, but... Betty was like like a saint. She really was. She was like a saint here on earth. Um, yes. Her her patience, her love for people, uh, it was just amazing. You know, yeah. just absolutely amazing. And like I said, she straightened me out, and that was no easy task. <laughs> because when I when I first right. met her, I first met her, and. You know, I, we uh, we started dating after I convinced her I wasn't a reporter. And <laughs> I, after talking to her and seeing how she was, I said, "Boy," I said, "I was thinking to myself, I says, if if I want to get anywhere with this woman, I says that crap I do in Connecticut's not going to work." So <laughs> I was on my best. No, nah, I was on my best behavior. And finally, a year later, we did get married, and it was. I did the best thing that ever happened in my life. I mean, yeah. she was just great. And her experiences, yeah. you know, yeah. were, were so many and so complex. It was the first five books were all about, uh, well, our, some of our experiences together, but a lot of Betty's that she had separately, the being sold her that very few people had gone as far as she did, which mm-hmm. she got to see the one. And, ah, uh, yeah. I was surprised to see that a bunch of remote viewers drew some pictures of aliens, and they said these are the ones that worship the one. So I said, wow, you know. And she was yeah. actually got to the point where she was used to being uh, taken and went along willingly, you know, which is just yeah. amazing. She was she was very yeah. brave, uh, too, like that. Mm-hmm. She really was. I mean, she really wasn't afraid of anything to do with them. Nope. Not one thing. So, nope. yeah, it's, you bring up a, a very important point about who Betty was. Yes, very brave lady. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I told you she married me. She had to be brave. She had to be courageous. <laughs> <laughs> but, she really was. Uh, yeah, like I said, though, that... She was the best thing that ever happened in my life, and I yeah I miss her dearly now. But oh, of course God, I yeah. can't I can't get her back, so you know I just go along with my life the best I can right now. And so you can't. Yeah, it's a huge I'm, loss. I'm getting for all more, of us too. I, I think I might get a little more involved in this again, and maybe start harassing the government um, <laughs> because I see some things that they're doing. Well, I see things that they're doing that aren't right again and yeah. uh, somebody needs to call them on it so i think i'm going to start That's well i'll tell you i've always wanted you to sit down with tucker carlson and have a conversation oh, about all of this yeah because yeah. uh tucker is understanding of, of all of this in in a much bigger way and 
I think he would love to hear from you. So if anybody in our audience knows how to get to Tucker Carlson in his new situation, please let me know so that we can get Bob on that show. That would be yeah, great. Yeah, I'd love to sit down and talk great. to him. Um, yeah. Because uh, he does have, a, he does have a, a large audience. And, uh, oh, he also has I, a I way like, with words, I, my dear. <laughs> yeah, yeah but he's very, very, uh, you know, factual. He's just, that's this right. is how it Directly is, and that's it. Point. Right. Yes, he's, he's, he had a, a huge audience on Fox, but he's got a bigger audience on Twitter. So, yeah, he he reaches a lot of people, and he wants the truth to come mm-hmm. out. So, he needs to have you well, on the show. That's my my story. I'm sticking with it. Well, maybe agree, someday. Agree. You know. Yes, I hope so. Maybe sooner than you think. Maybe sooner than you think. Yes. Well, exactly. I'm ready. You, know, you are. This, you know. Well, this, all, all tonight. There's still a myriad of things that we haven't talked about tonight. I know we could just well, talk all night with you because that. there is so much yeah. to your life and your experiences. But we're just going to have to have you back. That's all. Yeah. You will have to have you back. We'll <laughs> drag you back on the air again. Yes, well, and this time we're going to give it a lot more time uh, promoting it before you come back. But I also want to tell everybody again, your books are available. On Amazon, The Andreasen mm-hmm. Affair is still available in both print and Kindle and also audiobook. And A Lifting of the Veil is also available, and that was written by you and Betty. It brings people basically up to speed on where things were as of just a few years ago. So great mm-hmm. books, great books. You guys go out and get them or get the audiobook and read it. You will be amazed. At, at what Betty and Bob have experienced in their lives. And and it will change you. Just reading about their story or listening to their story will make its impact on you in a good way. You know, sure. I don't know what had more of an effect on us, the, the beings themselves or the treatment by the government. They were both <laughs> pretty much up there. Yeah, neck and neck. I you know. <laughs> They had such such doofy people. I called the phone. Do we have a couple minutes yet? Sure do. Yeah, we do. Okay. I called the phone company because Larry Fossa and I both found the phone to be tapped. So I Mm -hmm. called the phone company and I said, look, I believe my phone is tapped and I want it checked. So the phone company sends this guy out. And this is God's honest truth. He comes to the house, tells me who he is. He says, let me check your line. I said, okay. He grabs the phone, and he goes to unscrew the mouthpiece, okay? Oh, no, mm-hmm. no. He says, that's tight. He says, nobody's been in here. So <laughs> I'm thinking, what? Yeah, he says, I, I think you're all right. He says, we'll check the lines, and we'll let you know. Well, he no sooner walked out the door, and I told Betty, I said, look. And I took the phone, and I unscrewed the mouthpiece, okay? <laughs> so then I took my camera outside, and there's a junction box on the telephone pole. Well, whoever opened it left the door wide open. Oh, great. Yeah. So what I did, I put a recorder on my phone that would activate automatically every time the phone was picked up. So while they were recording me, I was trying to record any noises (laughs) or anything they might have made. And then we had... We had a little fun with them with the helicopters. Uh, 
a friend of mine was in the military, and he knew what we were going through with those. He says, Bob, he says, I got something for you. He built me an exact replica of the real surface-to-air missile. And I said, oh, Tommy, this is great. I said, this thing looks real. He says, oh, that's what I wanted. Well, when the helicopters used to come and approach the house, they usually would come from the north. And I knew exactly what they could see because I used to fly then, and I flew over the house myself a number of times. I knew exactly what they'd see and when they'd see it. So we had a cement uh, pad out back, and one Saturday, Betty and I are sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear, you knew it was a Huey because they have a very distinct rotor sound. Okay? Yes, they sure do. So I said, okay, they're coming. So we took the thing out quick and put it on a cement pad in the backyard, and I knew once he cleared a certain point, he would be able to see down into the backyard. So Betty and I are standing out there watching he cleared the roof all of a sudden that helicopter went sideways i thought he was going to pull the blades off the thing and took off backwards the same direction he came from i told betty i says well we gave him a thrill for the day i bet you going back and get a shower and change his clothes yeah i'm sure he'd change his pants we, I, I, well if they're going to intimidate us and let's intimidate them you know, yeah, you know that, how to have fun with them. Oh, absolutely. We were up on Route Route 2 in um, Massachusetts, very rural area, few farms here and there, not much else. We're driving along, and all of a sudden, two black Hueys come up out of a field, and they pass right over, uh, over and in front of our car at about 50 feet. Now, that oh. is a little intimidating. That's close, so, yeah. I gave him, yeah, I, I gave the old single finger wave as they were passing <laughs> over. But, you know, I never had anything against the guys flying those helicopters because they're just following orders. They're just doing what they're, yeah. what they're told to do. But uh, some, when we're out in California doing a lecture, there was a few, a couple guys there that were in the military and they had. Apparently, we're not happy with some of the things that happened, and mm-hmm. they actually told me how to take those things, how to take those helicopters down. Really? Said, well, oh would, my goodness! Oh yeah. And I said, "Well, I, 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 said, I appreciate it, guys, and all." I said, well, I, "I don't think I would do that." He says, "Well, if they ever get too bold or too whatever, he says this is how you do it." So wow. there are ways. That, yeah, there are ways to take them right out of the air. Um, but I, you know, like I say, I wouldn't go that extreme unless they started shooting at us or something. Yeah, I know, but, um, really. Well, you have a very yeah, strong moral compass. I just shoot back know? at them. That's all. <laughs> right. But, but you do I have a strong moral compass. Week. Huh? You you have a very strong moral compass, and I think that is also a result of your relationship over so many years with Betty. You know, Betty was oh, the yeah. same way. She never wanted to hurt anybody for any reason. And right, she was sure. she was very strong in that, you know that, and I know that that you felt the same way. So you would never do oh, anything yeah. to hurt an innocent person, absolutely. But we have just another yep. few minutes. So tell us your next story. What was the next? Thing well, you were I just say? want to add this. I was talking to a lady on Facebook that has had a number of abductions, and she she wrote me because she was a little worried 
or uh, I've been conversing with her for a while, beautiful lady, very spiritual, and she said that the black helicopter had come over her house and tipped its its armament down so it was facing her house, and she wanted to know if she was in danger. And oh. this woman is so spiritually advanced, so I said, no, you're protected. I said, you don't have to worry about those <laughs> bozos. Um, yeah. But... And, and there's a, a coin case where a UFO pulled the helicopter up when they were trying to go down, and it was witnessed yeah. by people on the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been, and then there was a couple, I forget their name, another couple, that was having the same problem we were at almost the same time. I think Connecticut Magazine wrote about both of us. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, we're, we're, you know, they were buzzing their, them, they were buzzing us. And our, our relatives in Florida uh, always knew. The, our niece and nephew said, oh, yeah, we knew you were here yesterday. And how would you know that? Well, we saw the black helicopters. They'd only oh. see them when we come down to visit. So, <laughs> and you had your entourage. F- <laughs> oh, yeah. And then the FBI, this one is kind of cute. Betty and I were camping. I think you know the campground in New Hampshire? Yes. You're going to have to talk fast, though. We only have, like, 60 seconds left. Okay. We're, we we camped there on a tent. I put the dog out front with a stake in the ground, and a, our black van, uh, SUV pulled in and right across from us. The guy mm-hmm. got out. It was our tail. He's, he's trying to put up his tent. He couldn't do it. He's swearing and cursing a blue streak. He got back in and slept in the SUV, and I think that was our <laughs> FBI tail for the for that time. <laughs> wow! So what like is crazy Yeah, for sure. Yeah, his poor guy. He probably <laughs> didn't want that detail again. <laughs> uh, no, I imagine not. Oh, uh, Bob! Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, we're oh, going to have to have you back because there's so much more to talk about with you. But anyways, everybody, go by the Andreasen Affair and the Lifting of the Veil. You can find out the rest of the story. And until next week, everybody, um, we will see you on the Blue Highway. And we'll be back with another great show. So be safe. We'll see you soon. Good night. Good night. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.